At this point, I'd like to invite, invite the elders of the church to join me. And um, we are going to pray. And this is a family moment, church family moment. So all of us participate. Um, I'd like to invite those who are going to be set in as deacons this morning. So namely, Bob and Chris Steenberg and Peter and John David Nichols. So as they're coming up, I just want to share um, some thoughts about this. Um, firstly, about uh, John David and, and can you, let's, let's get up here somehow. This is really awkward. Um, <coughs> so just to be candid with you, um, when Steve and Deborah Sudworth were last year, end of last year, uh, Steve had a uh, comment to me about Peter and John David and in, in don't you feel like they need to be set in as deacons? By the way, elders do set in deacons. Elders just don't ordain other elders. So what we're doing is biblical. Um, and I said, you know, the thing is, my concern is they're, they're, they're my kids. And I don't want this to become a family thing. And nepotism and all that stuff. And his response to me was, if they weren't your kids, would you set them in as deacons? Hands down, absolutely. They're functioning that way. They've got the maturity. They are doing it. He said, so you're saying that because of whose parents they are, they, their, their track of development gets thwarted. <laughs> I said, oh, never thought of it that way. Then we go to Canada at the end of last year, and Kirk Slow from Ottawa, Canada, who's invited us to come to their church later this year, said the exact same thing to us about our kids. And then Tanya McKinley from South Africa uh, said the same thing. And then uh, Chanel Rousseau, also back in Chicago, had said something similar. So I came back from Canada feeling like I would actually be in disobedience uh, to, uh, to not recognize what is already the case with both John David and Peter. Yes, they're young. Yes, they're our, our kids. But they carry the heart of deaconing, I believe. Um, and so we, obviously, as an eldership team, and, and clearly, as you already know, the apostolic team have already confirmed the same. And then Bob and Chris, we've been discussing, they didn't know this, but you know, just Bob and Chris have been here for a few years um, and uh, have totally been carrying, without any role, title, anything, a, a manifestation of a desire to be willing to do whatever it is to help this church get where it needs to go and be able to serve. And so we've said they already are deacons. Let's just um, call what is already what it is. Um, but <coughs> I do believe it's more than just calling what it is. I believe that this is actually a holy moment, uh, and a grace from God is going to be released. In just a second, I'd like to ask Rodney to kind of lead us in laying hands and praying over, over them. But I just want to say this in 1 Timothy 3, when, it, when Paul gives the requirements for deacons, I won't read all of it, but I just want to point out to all four of you, um, he says, for those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So good standing meaning that you're, you know, almost like your reputation, your standing. But a great boldness, that word there means frankness, means authority of speech. In other words, it increases your witness. There's something about carrying weight in the local church that makes you be able to represent 
the kingdom that the church represents even more strong. I'm trusting as we pray this morning that that's going to become a reality in the days ahead for all of you. And it is what happened in the book of Acts after chapter 6. Stephen becomes a bold witness in chapter 7 that leads to Saul getting converted. And Philip breaks into Samaria with the gospel. Both of those being deacons who were set into deaconship in Acts chapter 6. Rodney, do you want to... Sorry, but... (laughs) If uh, Minda and Anita, if you guys have anything as we're praying, let's just make space for that, prophetic and otherwise. Uh, um, I remember when Bob and Chris uh, first uh, came to Border City Church, I didn't really know anything about them, never laid eyes on them before, and we've gotten to know them, and uh, in, their, in, their, in their history, we all have history, um, they were involved uh, in a church where things were not exactly in order, and they they received some abuse, as it were, not physical, but <laughs> to my knowledge. <laughs> but the thing that has impressed me is that they haven't walked around like wounded people. They've not gotten bitter. They've moved on. Uh, they've blessed uh, what's happened. They've blessed the people that uh, you know were not that kind to them in the past. And I think that is so commendable. And they've demonstrated, as Paul said, they've demonstrated uh, hearts of servants. And, uh, you know, I just felt this this morning uh, for Peter and John David. You know, a lot of times people, I mean, John David, my goodness, he's only 15 years old. How can he be a deacon in the church? (laughs) And, you know, the apostles, the, the 12, Peter was the oldest, and he was 21. Uh, there was one that was 15, some were 17, uh, when they started walking with Jesus. And so we have an idea that it's only old people. But I think that um, it's not just old people. That's Bob and Chris and me and Nina. <laughs> but <laughs> I just felt this to read over Peter and John David. Let no one despise you for your youth. In other words, uh, people will say, well, who are they, you know? But, let no one despise you, but set the believers an example in, in, in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And, and so, uh, you know, we're a team, we're a family. One of the things I think sometimes church does is they separate the groups. You know, the youth are here. It's, not, it's okay for the youth to do their thing from time to time. But we've got to have a cohesiveness. Young people have got to know how to relate to older people. Older people have got to learn to respect younger people. And so we're in a place this morning that I believe uh, this is a God thing. Anybody else have something? No, let's take it. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Generally speaking, uh, laying on of hands is a, is, is a foundational principle of the church. Uh, we're not magic people, but there is something that takes place with the laying on of hands. It is saying yes and amen to this. And so, Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, for the enlargement, the enlargement of team, the enlargement of Service, the enlargement of servants. 
in the name of Jesus, we lay hands on Bob, on Chris, on Peter, on John David, and we say, amen, and so be it. Let your kingdom come in greater measure in their lives, Lord. Let your will and pleasure be done in greater measure through them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, you are building your church. Lord, we are the material through which you are building your church, imperfect material. But Lord, we are being brought to a place of maturity. We thank you, Lord, for all of these individuals. We thank you, Father, for their hearts above everything else. We thank you, Lord, for the posture that they have taken before you. Lord, we receive them into this body, and we say yes, and we say amen. We say so be it. Let it be according to your will, purpose, plan, and design in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.